Rachel. Nay, the entire world needs Toad to play dress-up more often. Welcome to episode 14 of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the middle of July 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my Jack of Hearts, Patty. Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Remember, leave us a review, not beef stew. Yeah, you can't do that because I'm vegan. My apologies, but we cannot accept your meat. I'm not going to apologize. You trying to start some beef? I'll fight you. I don't care. Patty, you can't have beef with anyone. You're vegan. It's vegan beef. Where's the beef? With Patty, apparently. Don't fuck with vegans. We're crafty and we'll claw at your face. Okay, so maybe you've got some beef, but we get it. You're not a chicken. I'm not a chicken. You're a tofurkey. And speaking of stew... Time to stir the fucking pot, baby. We've got all the best ingredients for a mature podcast. Star Wars is dumb. Movie trailers are stupid. Cyclops is a bitch. Patty, that's not what I meant by... White Chicks is a funny movie. Celsius sucks. Only Judy can judge me. I guess we've got lots of bad language innuendo and also hot takes. Hickman isn't so great. I bet I could kick his ass. You want to fight, Hickey boy? Patty's going to take you down to paint town. All right, before this keeps going... Fight me, Hickman. There's your explicit content warning. That was fun. Yeah. Those are all things that you've said. Yep. (laughs) I just literally made a list of things that you've said. Thank you. How you doing, Patty? Um, I'm existing. <laughs> you sure are. And yeah. for 15 minutes, Patty was existing, trying to find a specific video of a cat. It was worth it. Yeah. It was five second video. It was a five second video. It took 15 minutes to find yep. it. Yep. That's worth a good, it. It's a good return on investment right there. Yeah. You should go into a business. I should know about that. I'm an accountant. Yeah, that's right. ROI, Roy. <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, we went to a cat cafe last week. Oh, yeah, speaking of cats, cat cafe. Yeah, we posted the pictures. Well, I posted a picture, and then you took the picture I posted, and then you posted it again. Yeah, no, see, I didn't realize that you posted it. (laughs) So I just posted it, and it was hours later that I realized that you had already posted it. And I was like, well, this is embarrassing. It's too embarrassing to delete now, so I'm just going to play it off like nobody will notice. (laughs) But thank you. Yes, cat cafe. Cat cafe was very fun. I like cats. I like cats a whole lot. I've liked cats my entire life. Because my mom has always had cats. As long as, as far back as my memory goes, my mother has always had cats. Sometimes a couple of cats, sometimes a couple of dozen cats. But so she's, sometimes too many cats. There's no such thing as too many cats. Like the lady in the video said, there's no such number. Remember her? <laughs> yes, of course I do. Yes, good. I love that video. Shout out to that lady. Oh, uh, I love her. Yeah, but but yeah, so cats are great. Uh, and we went to the cat cafe and there were lots of cats. And some of them, you know. Not enough. Yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, I guess that's true. Because there were also other people. Yeah, maybe so, like 10 cats. Oh, they're, yeah, they're around there. 10 to 15, I, I think. But either way, I mean, it was a good time. It was, it was an absolutely great time. You know, some of them weren't really interested, but they were still cute. I mean, they're, they're cats. It's kind of inherent to cats. You, you exist, you're, you're a cat, you're cute. Uh, but, but then there were a couple of really, really adorable ones. There was a really tiny baby I mean, I don't think it was a baby baby, but it was no, still it was a baby. No, it was a baby baby. It was for whatever kind of baby, however many babies. There was a baby <laughs> hanging out by this door. It did not move from the door the entire time. And it just had its eye closed and was just basking in the heat outside and letting everybody touch it. And it was really cute. I thought it was dead. I was really scared. Oh, my God, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then, uh, and then you found a mush. You found a mush outside. 
Yes. Yeah, in the open area. I really like that cat. Yeah. It was a void cat. It was a void cat? Yeah, that's what they call black cats on the internet. Oh my god, Patty. It's a void. It's one less letter. It's it's the same amount of syllables. It saves you <laughs> no time to call it a void cat. Yeah, but it's cute. But uh but but yeah, that was that was a cute mush. And the, oh and one of them went uh under your dress. Yep. And it looked like you had a tail. It was hanging out there. Second. Yeah. I told Jonathan to take a picture, but he was too slow. <laughs> so Thanks, rip. Patty. <laughs> yeah, thanks. My birthday. Why are you gonna call me names on my birthday? <laughs> Uh, and then we saw a couple of them play fighting. Two of them play fighting that for was cute. like 10 minutes. That was adorable. I absolutely loved every second of that. I could have watched that all day. That should be on TV. Get your it, stupid... was only, uh, it was only an hour session. I was thinking about uh, booking two sessions, but I was like, I don't know. How long do we want to pet cats? Stupid of me. We could have stayed there for another do hour. Do you even know me? <laughs> that was for my birthday? <laughs> God, well, thanks, I Patty. We could do other stuff too, but yeah, the place that we went to, I would recommend. It's called Koneko Cafe. It's in the Lower East Side in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and they also have Japanese food there. So that's the why I picked that one because because what does Koneko translate to, Patty? Kitten. Yeah, in Japanese. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we got some uh, food afterwards. It was really good. We got some gyoza and something mm-hmm. else I forget the name of. Yeah, I just remember gyoza because it's in from Doro Hedoro, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yes. why I ordered it. Because I wanted yes. to try the food from the anime Doro Hedoro, <laughs> which you all should fucking watch. <laughs> I love gyoza or any form of dumpling, really. You're a dumpling. I love you. Aw, I love you too. Aw, you also watch Doro Hedoro and eat gyoza. Yes, yeah. I read the whole manga, actually. It's really good. God, I need to do that. Wait, did it end? Yeah. Oh. All right, so we got cartoons to talk about, right? We got uh, we got some villain stuff to talk about, right? Huh? How yeah. do you like that? Villain stuff. Villain stuff. Villain stuff. Yeah. Yep. The stuff of villains is the name of the episode. Yeah, that's pretty that's spot on. Yeah, it came out in October of 2002. Spooky month. Spooky. Stuff yeah, of villains. Spooky. I get it. Spooky time. Spooky town. Yeah. Um, I thought this, uh, I thought this episode was okay. Um, I don't think it was particularly groundbreaking or did too much for any characters, but but it was enjoyable. I did enjoy the opening, although it didn't really need to happen. I mean, you have a couple of scumbags out on the street harassing Wanda. Uh, she's, you know, still looking for Magneto, and they're, like, whistling at her and saying some shit. Uh, and so she uses her powers to terrorize them. Uh, she causes, like, all the fucking the, the streetlights to go out and then start, like, winding down to, like, attack these guys and then causes a couple of cars to chase after them. And so that was cool. I mean, if only, you know, all women had that power so they could fucking, you know, shoot cars at guys that whistle at them. I wish. That would be neat. I uh, I threw dog shit at somebody in a car. This is a story. Who whistled at me. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's the story. Okay. <laughs> I was walking my dog, so I had dog shit on hand, so I just threw it as a car. <laughs> Yeah, dog shit in your inventory? Yeah. That's nice. You cleared it right out of there. You found a good use for it. <laughs> throw dog shit at the enemy. Yeah, so so that was neat. Uh, but anyway, so Wanda was going to to look for Caliban to have Caliban find Magneto, but Caliban can't. He's too powerful to find, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because then you would think he would give off a stronger signal or something. And then Wanda's like, okay, well, you find Pietra then. Genius. You were literally saying it as Wanda said it herself. Yep. Yeah. Those genius. You and her are on the same level. Yep. Yep. She's Scarlet Witch. You're Scarlet Patty. <laughs> I have to get my hair done. It's Scarlet. Man, my roots are really long. You know, yeah. I've just been trying to work on my psoriasis, but that's never going to go away, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So then we flash back to the high school. Yeah. And Spike says that he lost all his friends and, you know, everybody's being a dick because now every, all the mutants are outed. And Kurt is like, oh, you're real friends, blah, blah, blah. And then Spike's like, all right, bitch, turn your image inducer off. Yeah, seriously. Let's see. Let's see how fast your friends run from you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a great point. And I'm glad somebody called him. Somebody else called him out on it. Oh, and then at the Brotherhood house, Toad is playing dress up as Pietro. I love that. So I cute. I love that so much. He's wearing Pietro's costume and it's too big for him. And he's just hopping around. And uh, yeah, he's like, I got to go to the moon. Okay, I'm back. It was really funny. Yeah, and they're all mad at Pietro, obviously, for, for betraying them, for running away from that fight with the Acolytes and going to join his dad. So they're pissed at Pietro. And I can understand that. Um, but that's, you know, that's sort of what this episode is about. So, so Wanda... Obviously, Caliban located Pietro. So Wanda takes a bus to some town and finds Pietro at a diner. And uh, <laughs> and Pietro says, I don't know where he is. He only calls me when he like needs something or something like that. And uh, so Wanda's like, oh, I'm going to make Magneto come to you. And so she uses her power to trap him in some sort of a safe. I guess it was a safe in the diner. No, Diners it, have safes? It, what was that? A fridge? It was a walk-in freezer. It was a walk-in freezer. I'm sorry. I'm not versed in diner. Or a fridge, whatever. A walk-in. It was a walk-in. It was a walk-in. That's what we call them. Walk-ins. Yeah. Which, you I used know, to work at a, a walk-in. The walk-in center at, at, at the writing center. Oh my God. Okay. So I used to work at, I was a writing tutor, right? I've said that before. Uh, and, and it was called uh, the walk-in center, like people could make appointments or they could literally just, as it says, walk in and get like half an hour as opposed to like a full hour, whatever appointment. Uh, and so somebody, I think it was my boss made a sign one day that said, welcome to the walk-in center, but it was walking like Christopher Walken. Yep, and it that, had a picture of that. Christopher Walken on it. That was the best joke ever. I took a picture of it. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Walken. Yep. Yep. He was inside Christopher Walken. <laughs> Wanda put Pietro inside Christopher Walken. That's oh. not right. Pietro is a teenager. Walken's an old guy. Yeah, but he's attractive. He's a good-looking man. So, <laughs> so uh, she like detaches this uh, Walken uh, from the diner and like throws it outside. Rolls it around a couple times. Locks it. He's like stuck in there. Yeah, and he's just like screaming for help. And then the cops come. Help and- arrives. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh, the cops reach for their handcuffs, which is really what would happen yeah. in the situation. You know, you know about them cops; they're very uh, handcuff happy. <laughs> so then we go back to the school, and all of the kids are back. And then Kelly says to Avalanche, "No, fuck you! You can't be here." And Avalanche is like, well, "What the hell? Like, you literally just wanted us here to rile up the X Men." And Kelly was like, yep, get the fuck out of here or I'll call the cops. Yeah. So then Avalanche just like fucks up some shit, traps him behind his desk against a wall. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, we're out of here. Yeah, I was upset. Uh, I was a little upset. I was hoping that Avalanche would have done a little bit more damage to him. Uh, I mean, you know, it's... Rattle his uh, eyeballs out or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the kid. He might not have as much control. Yeah, that was a that was a good reference. I don't know if you made on purpose or not, but I don't remember that ever happening. So you remember old man Hawkeye from the old man yeah, Logan storyline? Yeah. You remember how he was blind? Mm, yeah, it was actually Avalanche that caused him to go to go blind. He rattled his head or something so oh. hard that it fucked up his vision. Huh? 
That was I must amazing. have totally forgotten about that. What a fucking coincidence. Out of all the things you could, you could have, I mean, I feel like the Patty thing to say was like. Rattle his like, prostate. Rattle his. I was going to say, I was going to say balls, but. I was going to say prostate, but then I was like, no, we don't want him to be in good pain. <laughs> we want him to be in bad pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for the eyes, not the prostate. Yeah. If you want to put a man in pain, you go for the eyes, not the prostate. Yep. Yeah. All right. Or you uh you can like rattle his uh nads off or something. Yeah. See that's what I was gonna say. That's yeah. what I thought you were going for. Rattle his balls, but whatever. Uh so 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 yeah, but I was I was hoping for a bit more, but but of course there was not more. Anyway, so Avalanche storms out and Gambit is waiting for him outside. Uh and and he invites the Brotherhood to try out, and Lance is like, forget it. And uh and of course, you know. Gambit doesn't. He he threatens him uh, and says, you know, like go find your friends and and get ready. Oh, so this is an interesting little foreshadowy thing that happens here, which which was kind of nice. So I mean, it's not nice that there are fucking bullies pushing Spike around, and so Rogue comes in and threatens the guy, and the guy actually pushes Rogue to the ground. Uh, Spike chases them off um, because Spike spikes up, and uh, so they run off. And Spike can't seem to bring his spikes back in. You know, Rogue was like, you know, retract those things before somebody sees you or whatever. And he's like, I can't. And you're like, hmm, why can't he? He's What's got going on? Uh, Drinking too ED. much milk. He's got erectile dysfunction? Yep. What? He's got the opposite of that. He can't get it down. Oh, my God, Patty. If you suffer an erection for four, longer than four hours, go see a doctor. Oh, my God. <laughs> ED, erectile dysfunction, Evan Daniels. Look at that. <gasps> But then these bullies run across Gambit, who I I guess saw what just happened, and he threatens the kids. And I thought that that, that was neat. Um, we don't really know anything about Gambit except that he's an a- acolyte. He didn't have any any spoken lines in um, the, at the end of season two when he appeared. Um, but it's I guess you know it's interesting that they're they're the acolytes aren't just forgotten. It was a little weird though that he's hanging around a school, but at least there was a reason. When he first showed up on screen, you're like, he's hanging around a school. Yeah, no, it was it was creepy. He's oh. like that, like uh, you know, that one girl's boyfriend who can't go on the property because he's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Patty! <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Please, if oh God, no, don't date a thirty year old man. Nobody listening out there, date a thirty year old man. <laughs> Nobody. Oh Jesus. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it's going to get worse in a little bit, actually. But um, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, so Rogue and Kitty see Gambit on the property, and uh, and they decide to go follow him. So Avalanche comes back to the Brotherhood house, and is like, we got trouble. One of Magneto's stooges is heading our way. And Toad goes, which one? And then um, I think it was a Jack of Hearts that floats in and then, you know, hits the ground. And Toad's like, oh, <laughs> that one. And it explodes, and they all start running. So, so they they fight for a little bit, and Gambit has the upper hand when he he wraps Toad in some drapes, and then charges up Toad. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so bad for Toad. Uh, what happens when a Toad is struck by lightning? Oh my god! <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, it was funny, but it was also a little upsetting because I love Toad. Toad's Toad's great. Um. So Gambit says that Magneto is giving you a chance to prove yourselves and you have to bust loose a captured mutant. One of them goes, who? And he says, Pietro. And everybody's like, oh, we hate that guy. Fuck that guy. So Rogue and Kitty see that uh, 
Lance's Jeep is taken off from the house and they decide to follow. They don't call for help. They just jump in this truck and that's how they follow. They jump from truck to truck and then in the back of some old couple's car and uh, and they eventually come across a brotherhood attacking this convoy that's holding Pietro. So. And Kitty keeps saying, we should call Scott. And Rogue's like, there's no time. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember it was like last season, girl power. What happened to girl power? We don't need no men. That was yesterday, Patty. There's no girl power today. Ugh. You get girl power day once a year. Girl power is so 90s. Mm. I remember like hanging out with my friends. And the Spice Girls were, like, a big thing. Yeah. And we would all, like, pose and, like, yell, girl power. That's what girl power is about, posing. Yep. Yep. That's what you do with girl power. You have to do the peace signs all the time. Yep. That was a big thing. Girl power is about peace and posing. I was in uh, Sunday school in, like, first grade or something. And they wanted to take a picture of the class. And all of the girls just, like, automatically threw up peace signs. And the teacher was like, no, don't do that. We're taking a serious one. And I was like, what? I was like, I can't take a picture without a peace sign. I don't know how. <laughs> it's just like so ingrained. You see the, the camera going up and you just, you know, maybe put for up you, your peace fingers. Maybe maybe for you, for me and, and the, you know, the kids my age when we were little, it was bunny ears. You had to throw out the bunny ears. And you had to hope that, you know what the bunny ears are? Yes. You look, okay, you look like you were confused for a second. Like, what? No. Yeah, and you had to do it in a way you know, hoping that the person taking the picture, the adult taking the picture wouldn't notice so you could get away with it. Yep. Um, yeah, so there's there's a little bit of a, of a fight. Yeah, like Avalanche fucks up the road that the, you know, and knocks, knocks around the military trucks and Blob knocks one. It almost gets like knocked off the, the side of this cliff and he grabs onto it, but the door breaks or whatever. And like, you know, the military guys are like about to go after Rogue. And she's like, oh, they're like, oh, you're with them. And she's like, give me a break. And she she runs over and she manages to touch Avalanche's face to stop him from fucking up the road. But the truck still falls off the cliff and Shadowcat like dives in and saves Pietro. And, you know, he he gets free and he gets up and, and he runs off. And uh, and they manage to get into the the uh, Lance's Jeep and they drive off. And so Rogue and Kitty are stuck there with the military and like they aim their guns at the girls, but then the the major comes in and is like, everybody holds, you know, thanks for saving us or whatever. She's like, I thought you hated us. And, she's like, and, and the guy's like, oh, not all of us do. So Gambit comes back to the Brotherhood house and tells them that Pietro is in charge of them now. And they're like really fucking mad, obviously, because again, he fucking betrayed them. And then the, uh, Rogue and Kitty have to answer to both Scott and Xavier um, for going off on their own. All half cocked. <laughs> right? That's a funny word. And yeah, so they're getting detention for skipping six period to go after the fucking brotherhood. I know you weren't very happy with that, mostly probably because you don't like Scott. I bet if it was Xavier and Gene, you wouldn't have said a word. But it was Xavier and Scott, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Look at look at Xavier prepping Scott to to lead lead the kids, lead the team, lead the X-Men. Good yeah, friend. I just I don't know. Like I know they said you should have called and, like, let us know, and I get that, but what they were implying was you should have called a man, like me, Scott, so I could save the day. Yeah. Which Patty, is bullshit. Patty, it's not Scott's fault that he's a man. Yes, it is. He didn't have, <laughs> he didn't have a choice or a say in the matter, all right? I'm sure he didn't. 
So, uh, so I don't know. I mean, this episode was, it was okay. Um, I, I was more into Wanda's quest for, for vengeance. I mean, you know, not that she can't still follow Pietro and find out where Magneto is to, you know, to take the fight to him, but it just kind of stunk that this sort of backfired, you know, because I liked her plan. I really did. You know, just like you said in the moment when Caliban was like, I can't locate Magneto. Well, then find Pietro. And that was great. I was very happy for her because I want to see her take the fight to Magneto. I don't think she'll win, but I just I want to see what that looks like, you know. And then, you know, after the beginning of the episode, it kind of faded out. You know, when when Rogue and Kitty were were uh, fighting the Brotherhood, she was just standing up on like a higher cliff and watching. And the second that Pietro started zooming away, Wanda just gave up. She's like, oh, I'll get you next time. I mean, I know that plot's going to come back. But honestly, that was a little disappointing. I wanted to see Wanda have some more words with her brother. I wanted to see, I don't know. I wanted to see see more from her. You know what I mean? Maybe not. Maybe I'm Yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, if, if the whole thing with Quicksilver doesn't work, because, you know, now she knows that he doesn't know where Magneto is, she could get Caliban to find gambit or colossus or whatever pyro yeah you know like i don't know i know that the emphasis is on pietro and he betrayed us to side with our dad who's evil and blah 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 so she's like kind of like focusing on him but obviously if she found magneto right now that would be a totally different plot line so I can't complain about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's all right that it's not completely resolved yet because there's still more time for it. You know, I mean, it was it was neat that they gave the villains some of the, the focus here. Um, again, I like that Gambit was a part of this and it's not like just the, the acolytes faded into obscurity or they just forgot about those characters, that they gave him some lines. I know his, his <laughs> voice was a little weird because he yeah. didn't sound very Cajun. It sounded very, very slight. And I think he said Sherry. And it was a little weird. But I mean, it was okay. Yeah, it was an okay episode. That's what I think. Do you think Caliban really couldn't locate Magneto? He's been Caliban's from it. Do you think Gambit is a stooge? He does have a stupid bowl cut like Mo. We're going to the moon, folks. But we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Hey, Toad. Ah! Boom, boom! Still can't give a guy any privacy during his monthly shower? Oh, don't worry. I'm not trying to get a peek at your toady tots, you slimy boy. Accidentally blew up my phone, so I was using yours, and... Tabitha, wait! I can explain all those pictures of Froppy from My Hero Academia I have saved. Yeah, I really don't want you to explain any of that. I just want to talk about Geekade.com. Yeah, let's talk about Geekade.com, not Froppy. Not Froppy pictures. No. Look at all these podcasts. Stone Age Gamer, this week's episode, SparkCast, Weekend Rental Podcast. Oh yeah! Video games, TV shows, and Transformers are awesome! 
But like, Geekade.com has an archive totally full of articles about Pokemon, wrestling, comic books, anime, and so much more. Let's not talk about anime. No, let's not. Looks like Geekade even has YouTube and Twitch channels. Well, I'll definitely be sitting in the back of the class and watching the track team run by while listening to the podcast on Geekade.com. <laughs> yeah, Tabitha, that's real great. You mind closing the door on your way out? Sure thing, Toad. Ah! Boom, boom! Check out geekade.com today. All right, next episode we're talking about is Blind Alley. You know who loves this episode so much? Who? Do you know who loves this episode? Is it you? Everything about it. Is it you? Yeah, it's me. How'd you guess? Because it was the Scott episode. Spoilers. I told you I loved it before. Earlier, this spoiler. Spoiler, you already knew. Patty already knew that about me, everyone. We were just doing a bit there. That was a little joke, a little inside joke, a little inside baseball. Scott's balls, inside baseball. <laughs> Love Scott's balls. What? Oh my god. Oh my god. So much Scott. So much Scott. This episode was all about Scotty. Yep. Scotty Slims. Scotty doesn't know. Oh my. <laughs> Funny you should say that, Patty. Scotty didn't know. Scotty didn't know that his brother was Mystique. <gasps> Yeah. I know. What did you think about this episode? Uh, I'm scared. I mean, it was a Scott episode. How good can it be? The best. Uh-huh. I just answered your question. It was also a Mystique episode. Oof. So, yeah. With a pinch of Jean episode for dessert. Yeah. Did you like little, that? Little a Jean. Little a Jean. For a snack. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was like a revenge story. Of, uh, you know, Mystique getting back at Cyclops, mm-hmm. which, fair. Whoa. <laughs> but, Whoa. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like all of these kids should be getting their vengeance on Mystique because she was trying to kill them and their children. <laughs> Correct. But... A revenge episode for Mystique, please. Scott got his revenge on Mystique for fucking trapping Professor in liquid vat underground <laughs> thing. And exploding the mansion and trying to murder them. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That mansion's been exploded a whole bunch of times now. Does it even have the same impact anymore? Yeah, but like not in this show. I think it's only been one big explosion so far. This one or there was another one? This show. Only no. one big explosion. That one. That one. Okay. Yeah, that one. I mean, other things have gone wrong, like the defense system's blasting yeah. at everybody, but no big explosion. Okay. With a... Almost child murder. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I loved this. Uh, it was a little silly cliche at the beginning. You know, they they show you Area 51 where Mystique is strapped to the fucking table. And, like, you know she's going to get out. It was cool to see her uh, escape, though. You know, I mean, she impersonates the doctor uh, to get out. And then, you know, one of the fucking military guys comes after her and she knocks him out and impersonates him. And then eventually she turns into a bunch of crows. And gets out of there. So, so yeah, of course that was going to happen. Yeah, the the kids are are fixing up the mansion. Yeah, it's a fun little fun little scene. Magma magma ing up, and you know melting some of the stones. And Berto throwing shit. Berto planting trees, and Cannonball is making the holes in the ground for him to plant the trees. Mm-hmm. So that was neat. And uh, multiple man being very useful. Yeah, painting. he's a cutie pie though. He was painting. Well, and then he, he was fell. painting. But I was referring to when they were, like, getting that rubble out. Oh, yeah, and he swept the rocks together. Yep. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> He's so cute. He's he such is a good boy. baby. Yeah, yeah. 
oh, and then Iceman setting up the central controls and and Beast doesn't really understand what he's doing and and Iceman is just like, it's a generational thing. Why don't you go set up a VCR? <laughs> it's funny how in 2002 even VCRs were dated. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then so then you have Gene lifting this giant satellite dish to a shirtless Scott and Logan yep. on the roof. <laughs> Nothing gay to see here. Oh my god, Patty. It's it's not, all right? And it's, then and then uh men can be shirtless around each other and play with their tools <laughs> and not be gay. And then Kitty just phases <laughs> through the roof eating an apple and just like does whatever. And I'm just like, "Hello, gentlemen." <laughs> Oh, are you by any chance in need of a snack, gentlemen? <laughs> you kids need anything? A snack? Some condoms? <laughs> oh, boy. This, uh, this, this episode just made me uh, recite a whole bunch of lines for Mean Girls for no reason, and I don't know why, but that was one of them. <laughs> it's okay. Mystique was in this episode. She's a mean girl. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Scott goes to Logan for for lady advice. You ever you ever cared for someone? And Logan goes, "Yeah, once. The most beautiful bike I ever saw." And uh, Logan was like, "Oh, if if you don't tell her, I will." And then uh, and then Jean is too busy scoping out shirtless Scott to pay attention to what she's doing. She's like tele telekinetically moving around the statue and almost knocks Storm out with it. Yeah, and Storm is like, "Oh, you two have grown so close." So, uh-huh. yeah. So anyway, uh, Scott and Jean are about to talk to each other. Clearly, they're about to talk to each other about their feelings. Um, and then Kurt interrupts with a call from Alex, who is stuck in Mexico. And he can't reach his foster parents. Can't reach his foster so parents. So, Scott, you fly from New York and yeah. pick me up. So Scott uh, goes to pick up Alex at the airport. And Scott's like, let's let's get you some food. And Alex is like, oh, I know a place. Write down this. And he just, like, pushes him into the fucking, the, the fucking hallway. Surprise, bitch. Yep. Bet you, you thought you'd, you'd seen, seen the last, last of me. me. Dot gif. <laughs> that was amazing that that just came out of both of us. All right, anyway. That was a Scott and Gene moment. We have that connection, right? Oh, my God. Just like that. I know, right? So, yeah, so it's Mystique. She throws some knockout gas at Scott, and so he gets knocked out. And he wakes up in the desert without his visor. Uh-oh. I felt I felt so bad for him. Wandering in the desert. Um, he does take a peek. He does open his eyes, and obviously, you know, beams come out full force. And he's like, oh, well, the good news is no one was there. The bad news is no one was there. And he's literally just fucking wandering, and then you hear some howling, and it's like, oh, of course. There's fucking coyotes that are about to attack Scott. And cut to Gene, who's having a nightmare that Scott is in trouble. And Xavier is like, Gene, Gene, no, you were just having a nightmare. Everything's fine. Thanks, Xavier. Thanks. If we had listened to you, Scott, maybe would have died. Yeah, thanks, Xavier. Yeah, the woman, she's just delirious. She's, she's, you know, out of her mind. That's what happens to women, Patty. Yep. You know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's menstruating. Oh. <laughs> so this thing with him losing his glasses and having to keep his eyes closed it really reminded me of this thing from this anime called Code Geass which I know is like you know it's ageless and it's everybody's favorite and it's so good and blah 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 well, I, I hated it oh. um, Uh-oh. but his 
Lelouch's sister, I forget her name. Can you say that name again? Lelouch? Lelouch? Lelouch. He's a Ladouche. Lelouch the Ladouche. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, he, he has a sister. I forget her name. Uh, she pissed me off because the whole time mm-hmm. she was just like, I'm blind. I haven't been able to see since I was a child. Oh, and God. she's in a wheelchair. It's are because we... her eyes are closed. I'm like, well, if you open your eyes, you won't be blind anymore, you stupid bitch. And then people are like, oh, well, no, it's a psychological thing. That's why she I'm like, no, 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 no. Her eyes are closed. If she opens her eyes, she doesn't have to complain about not being able to see. That that was just my biggest criticism of the show, I guess, was that that was really stupid. And people are like, oh, no, wait, it will be it will make sense when you get to the end because it's like she's opening her eyes like metaphor. Oh, it's a metaphor. Listen, I don't give a fuck. This is stupid. So really, that was a whole thing? I literally like made it through the whole season and then I got to the last episode and I watched half of it and then I had to walk Raz and then I came back and I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit. And she's never finished it. I had like never... 10 minutes left. Wait, you didn't see the resolution? To this no, whole metaphor? I didn't, didn't care. Oh my God. That's. Oh, it might have, it might have been earlier in the episode, but I don't remember. So it's was... A, it was just like a huge waste of time to watch that show, I think. So that was the whole thing. She just, because of some psychological thing, she couldn't open her eyes yep. or she wouldn't open her eyes. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, spoilers. So I guess we don't need to watch Code Geass now, but apparently it's uh, Ladushi. I mean, like I said, everybody else likes it. I thought it was stupid. Yeah, all right. But um, and Lelouch is also like a huge asshole. But I think that's like part of the draw that he's like an antihero and then like turns villain kind of thing. He's an asshole with an anus of gold. Yeah, that basically. Sort of yeah. All right. Fine. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so okay. So the difference here is um, he can't open his eyes. I mean, he can he can open his eyes, but then there's beams. Yeah. So this construction crew sees the beams, sees the optic blasts because Scott is trying to fight off the fucking coyotes. And so it was interesting. You see like a close-up of his of his ear um, listening for the movement of the coyotes. And so I thought this was some real daredevil shit, which it kind of turn, turned into more so as this episode went on. He listens for the coyote and like hears it leap and then shoots a beam right at it to, to knock it away. But the guy's- Which guy is-, is also like- I know everybody's heard about that whole idea that if you lose a sense, the other ones become more powerful. Yeah. It doesn't happen like this. It doesn't happen this quickly. And a lot of blind people get really upset about that. Oh, yeah. That it like that trope that like you lose your vision and immediately you're daredevil. Uh, there was actually <laughs> a, a Deadpool issue about that. He somehow lost his eyeballs. Yeah. And he was like dressing up like Daredevil or something. Oh my god! It was Patty. hilarious. Oh man! It was from a while ago. I don't remember if it was an issue of Deadpool or if it was an issue of something else, but it was hilarious. And he actually ran into Daredevil, and Daredevil was like pissed off. I don't blame him. I'm glad somebody <laughs> wrote that Daredevil. Was and, pissed off. and and it was like you know the trope. He's like, oh, I have super hearing now and an echolocation. He just kept like walking into walls and falling down the stairs. And Daredevil was like, it doesn't happen like that. More. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so the guys from the construction crew come out and they rescue Scott. Um, Mystique sees that because she's she's watching him the whole time. The idea isn't, you know, of course, this is a a villainous trope. It's like, no, you're not going to kill the hero right away. You got to let him suffer for a little bit. And in letting him suffer for a little bit, he has a chance to get away. 
It's like, you know, in 007 movies or whatever. It's like, I mean, you just you just shoot the good guy in the head. <laughs> Problem solved. You know what I mean? Don't explain your 10-minute plan for world domination. Nope, just do it immediately. Um, but anyway, so Scott gets taken to a hospital, and the doctor forces his eyes open to check for a concussion, and there goes the entire wall of the hospital. The roof is on fire. Patty. The roof is on fire. Patty, he doesn't have heat beams, right? <laughs> That's a myth. Water that the motherfucker. That's a myth, Patty. He doesn't have heat beams. Uh, I know, but I wanted to sing the song. It was completely unrelated. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, he blew the roof off. <laughs> he raised the roof. Remember that? He raised the roof. Remember yeah. when we used to raise the roof? Yeah. yeah Good that. times. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, some some gang members or whatever um, confront Cyclops for blowing the, the side off the fucking hospital. And, um, oh, he scared the shit out of one of them. He grabbed them and shoved them up against the wall and then shot one of the beams, like, right next to his head. That was great. That was great. I'm glad you agree. But it turns out that, you know, the other two guys run away. It turns out that this one he's got by the collar is Mystique. So just open your eyes again. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't get a chance to. She She kicks him. Yeah, so so Jean is really concerned and manages to get Xavier into Cerebro. And so when Scott shoots that beam, uh, Xavier can locate him in Mexico City. So so they all go off to find him. You know, it was it was really really interesting. Scott and Mystique fighting. You know, because it starts outside. They manage to fight their way into like this warehouse, and then. Uh, Scott gets stuck in the floor and blasts the floor out from underneath Mystique, and so then they're they're underground, and they're fighting underground, and the lights go out, and so Mystique is, you know, she she runs under the one light, and so Scott's being all sneaky and running around, and you can see that Mystique is, like, actually scared, and Scott is using his senses to fight Mystique. Again, you know, I'm the one who's like, oh, this is some daredevil shit. And as you pointed out, that it's a trope, and he he wouldn't necessarily be able to do this right away. Um, but it was still cool. It was still cool to see Mystique trying to get her revenge on Scott, and Scott managing to invoke some fear into this bitch who's been trying to kill him. So the X-Men get to Mexico City, and Jean can actually see through his eyes. Uh, she knows where he is. And it was amazing because Mystique is about to get the upper hand. She she shapeshifts into Jean and Scott falls for it for a second. And then Jean floats down from the hole now in the ceiling. And I thought it was amazing. She got there just in time, like stay away from my man. And she goes, my turn. And she launches Mystique into a wall and Mystique is like, how sweet, girlfriend to the rescue. And Jean is like, you got that right, lady. And throws her across the room and slams her into another wall and keeps pushing her into this wall until it fucking cracks. And I thought that was awesome. I love that display of power from Jean. That was one of the best moments that she has had in this show. She looked so badass, floating down. Her hair is like all wavy and shit in the air. She was so cool. I loved it, Patty. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, but I thought it was stupid that she like pushed her into the okay, so she pushed her into this wall until it cracked and now there's like a hole and Mystique was like laying in this hole and Jean just turns around to look at Scott and then Mystique is gone. And I'm like, why? 
Why do we keep letting her get away? I don't well, understand. I don't know. Why didn't Jean kill her right then and there? No, not kill her, <laughs> but contain her, maybe. Because she was concerned about Scott, wanted to make sure that he was okay. They embraced Patty. It was the sweetest, cutest little thing. I started to tear up when I watched this because I forgot about it. You know, they're all like sad at first. And then, you know, Scott's like, is it, is it really you? She's like, it's really me. And Scott's like, I can't believe you knew where I was. And Jean's like, it must be the bond that we have. And they're smiling. And then they're on the plane. And then, oh, what happened? Jean kissed him. Oh, well, she, got, she got the visor. She, she put the visor on Scott. And, and Jean goes, um, there, is that better? And Scott sees her and goes, it couldn't get any better. And then she smooches him on the cheek. And Logan and Roro and the professor are like, aw. Logan's like, it's about time. It was so sweet. This episode was so sweet. I loved it. Um, I thought this. So, okay. So your, your point is 100% valid about the whole Daredevil thing. But I still thought it was really interesting to see Scott, you know, try to be as resourceful as he could be stuck in the fucking desert. You know, obviously he was lucky that those construction guys were there. Otherwise he likely would have died. But I still thought that it was really cool to see him on his own take this fight to Mystique, you know, rather than just closing the gate on her, which was great. And he had big balls to do that because he knew he was risking her wrath, Um, you know, but she tried to take him out and she fucking couldn't. Maybe he would have lost in the end, maybe, but but still, you know, now Scott and Jean are like sort of officially together and she came to his rescue and kicked Mystique's ass and it was fucking dope. I hate Mystique. Fuck that bitch. This was awesome. I mean, I don't have as much of a problem with this Jean and Scott uh, because he didn't cheat on her. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that. But... It was nice to have him be the damsel for once and not just helpless Gene just screaming every five minutes. Yeah, like the 90s cartoon? Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny how now that they're dating because Mystique said, oh, he's girlfriend, and Gene's like, yup. So now that was Gene's way of asking him out. (laughs) I accept your your offer, Scott. We're now dating. And Scott's (laughs) like, wait, when did I what? I accept Mystique's offer of us to date. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, okay. I don't think that was exactly it. I think she was just more like, you know, angry and in the moment and like, you know that they want to be with each other. And she was just like, yep, I'm the girlfriend. Don't fuck with my man. Even though he's not you know, like officially. Um, That's, that's a great point that he ended up being like, he was, he was pretty badass in this episode, but he ended up being the damsel in distress and Gene fucking rescued him and that was fucking awesome um girl power yeah because seriously when you look at the animated series that's what she's most well known for it's fainting and scott scott and then wolverine and the x-men she's absent (laughs) for like almost the entire series right so in my opinion this is the best by far representation well it's not a comparison (laughs) she's the best by far jean gray outside of the comics that includes all the movies all the movies that's what I think, anyway. Yeah. All right, last episode we're talking about is Extreme Measures. This is not about Adam the Extreme, unfortunately. God damn, that would have been... his dick size. Oh, I... that took me a second. Yep. That Extreme's took me a second. measurements. Yep. Adam the Extreme's measurements. Yep. What do you think he's packing? 
Uh, this is the 90s. 90s extreme. I think he's got a, a big rod. He... He's got a hot rod. <laughs> I think he's got a Prince Albert. There's no way he oh my doesn't. God, Patty. What are you? Adam X has a Prince Albert. Absolutely. I wish that could be the title of this episode. Why can't it? Because Geekade is a family Chris website. We'll allow it. <laughs> there, of all of the X Men characters, uh huh. Who's got a Prince Albert? Who has a dick? Which <laughs> one do you think is the most likely to have a Prince Albert? I would say number one. Adam X, number two, Gambit. You know who I think has a Prince Albert piercing? Who? Albert Wiley. <laughs> Jesus. You brought it up. <sighs> you brought it up. You gotta live I with said your, X-Men. Live with your decisions. He has a role in Mega Man X. A historical uh, role. Yeah, right? Of yeah. X-Men characters. Yeah. There. You're not gonna answer me? Me? Yeah. I agreed, Adam X. Okay. I don't know who else... Are you, okay. are you trying to think of more? No, I just think he and Gambit. They could, like, attach them together. Oh, Patty, no. <laughs> Why? Why would you hook them together? That sounds painful. It's just a thought. Anyway, so no, this is not about penises. Everything is about penises. Oh, thank you. What? <laughs> so, so this episode is about an extreme drink. And it is it is power eight. Power eight. Power eight. Yep, not to be confused with the very popular drink. Power aid. Yeah. And almost everybody in this episode kind of slurs it so it sounds like power aid. Yeah, it and did. And I did not it understand did. that they weren't talking about power aid until it was written down yeah. on the screen for me to see. Yeah. Yeah, so so it looks like Morlocks. Uh, and Callisto, they are trashing this factory, and the company executive is is mad. Callisto is very hot, very sexy. Uh, she still has her eye patch, but she does not look like she used to in the comics. She is very sexy. Yeah, you pointed out how they gave her broad shoulders, and I'm like, I guess that's what is was considered unattractive you give this woman broad shoulders and an eye patch and therefore she is unattractive but she she was not and also i mean i have to say they they have made her much more attractive in the comics over the years but you know i mean that's that's what i'm gonna say about that and and callisto brought this up later in the episode like when spike asked what why why do you guys live underground she was like we can't live above ground with the way we look. And I'm like, bitch, you're beautiful. Yeah. You got some broad shoulders, big deal. So do plenty of other women. You got an eye patch? Well, that makes you exotic. Like, you know? I feel like, though, like, like I said, like I wasn't being facetious about it. I feel like to the people working on this show or just in animation in general, you know, back then, this is, is what could have been considered unattractive. A woman with, with broad shoulders and an eye patch. That's unattractive. <laughs> You know, no, seriously, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I, I'm I'm serious about that, and I think it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, she's she's a cool character in this episode and in this show. You know, a powerful character, um, and still the leader of the Morlocks. But but I, I first saw this, I didn't even remember from when I watched the show before um, how attractive she was. Like it didn't even register to me until I watched it now. I'm like, bitch, you're hot. So anyway, um, so I, f- I find this funny. There's this little subplot with Kitty. Again, people being f- afraid of Kitty. This one worked a bit better 
than it did with her than it did with her muffins. You remember that when she was just that randomly subplot of whatever episode that was where she was making muffins and Kurt was afraid of taste testing because one of them dropped yeah. and broke the fucking floor. This was much funnier and much more effective. Kitty got her permit, and so Scott and Jean are terrified because they're <laughs> both eighteen and they do not want to help her practice driving because they know how bad she is. So that was a funny subplot that, that comes up a couple more times. But so we've got dudes picking on Evan, unfortunately. Um, but it seems that this one human kid is interested in being his friend. But it quickly turns out that this kid got picked on himself and was just using Evan um, as backup to beat those bullies up because he literally, the, the human kid is, is following Evan runs across the bullies and is like, Oh look, I'm friends with a mutant now. Take him, Evan. And Evan's like, what? This is why you wanted to be friends with me. Cause that's like really fucked up. He was like walking away and he was like, fight your own battles, man. And then the bullies being bullies are yeah. like, Oh, well this guy's a mutant. Well, we'll fuck both of you up. Yeah. The spikes came out. Yep. And then like, he couldn't really, controlled them or put them back and uh then kurt and amanda showed up and then kurt bamfed him to safety yeah because he couldn't pull the, uh, the spikes back in ah and then i was like oh maybe this has something to do with this uh power aid maybe the power aid is going to help him control his powers Patty, for copyright purposes okay there's nothing wrong with power aid this is power <laughs> eight power eight Let's not shit talk power aid and get ourselves in trouble. All right. Listen, I am a woman of culture. I prefer Gator Eight. <laughs> Gate R eight. <laughs> and then uh this episode with all the skateboarding and this like juice that was uh, you know, I was just like, it brings me back to the time in two thousand two when skateboarding was a huge thing that everybody was super into. There were all these movies playing all the time on like MTV and stuff about skateboarding. And there's Tony Hawk, all the Tony Hawk games, Bam Margera came out. I don't know. It, the show came out around here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching like skateboarding competitions and drinking Sobe life water. And I'm just like, (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) What a time to be alive. Yeah. Great time to be live. I wanted to learn how to skate too. My brother bought a skateboard, but I never like actually did anything with it. I just wanted the like the cool Vans shoes and my mom wouldn't let yeah. me buy them because she's like, those shoes make your feet look like they're swollen. <laughs> so I had a skateboard when I was very, very little and I never really did a whole lot with it. But yes, in the late 90s, I was like best friends for a while with a kid who did have a skateboard and tried to do some skating and try to do some tricks. And I remember trying to do an ollie. I mm-hmm. think that's what it is, is when you, you you do something with your fancy with your feet and the, the skateboard flips and then you land back down on it. I did it one time. I busted my ass countless times trying to do it, but I landed it once. I'm so, proud of you. Yeah, thank you. This was like... No, this was like 98 or 99. If you guys are feeling nostalgic about skateboarding, check out Skate the Infinity, which is on, I believe, Crunchyroll, and it is gay as hell. All right. So Xavier wants to have a talk with Scott and Gene about something serious, and they both know what's about to happen. And then Logan comes in, 
And he's like, oh, this sounds dangerous. I could use the adrenaline rush. And Scott and Gene are like, yep, yep, you take care of it. You owe us, Logan. Yeah. It was it was really funny because then you cut right to Logan in the passenger seat of Kitty driving the X-Van and driving full speed at the fucking gate of the Institute. And Logan's like, wait for the gate, wait for the gate. And Kitty <laughs> just phases through it. It was so fucking funny because then a little bit later in the episode, you cut to the X-Van is completely trashed. There's a stop sign and a street sign protruding out of it and kitty's just like wow there are some really crazy drivers on the road really angry too but anyway evan is having issues he can't retract his spikes or he's having trouble with it he eventually does but he sees in the mirror that there's this permanent one down his spine so yeah so something is going very wrong with spike's powers um he even has plates on his hands because over breakfast he know he notices it and Berserker says something about the Power 8 skate competition, and so Evan's running late. But he entered the competition, and it's all fucking extreme sports. It's exactly what was going on on TV at the time, like we were just talking about, and Tony Hawk and all that shit. And Evan is doing a great job. You know, uh, Storm, Kurt, some of the kids are watching him, and they're all, like, amazed that he's, like, so good. And he does such a great job. But one kid calls him out and says... You're, you were using your powers. And everyone's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And so the guy that owns Power 8, whose name is Guy, Guy Spear, or whatever. Guy Spieri. <laughs> guy Spieri? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. He says he's going to have to go talk to the judges about this. And Evan is like, nope, I know exactly where this is going. And it's really sad because we know he knows exactly where this is going. And he walks yep. off. And he, he grabs a Power 8 drink. And Callisto walks by and slaps it out of his hand. But then later, he drinks a little bit of it, and he immediately starts losing control of his powers. Spikes start shooting out everywhere. The skate park is being destroyed. This fucking giant sign gets broken. It's about to fall on a bunch of people when Iceman ices it up. Callisto chases after Evan, and then a little girl from the intro uh, to the episode comes out and paralyzes him. She got big hands. She got big hands. And so there are a handful of comic book Morlocks in this episode, but there are a handful of original Morlocks in this episode. I don't remember any of them. Yeah. Well, okay. So you know Callisto. Yeah. And Caliban. Yep. Um, and the guy with the hair. <laughs> ah, fuck. What's his name? The guy, guy with, with the, the hair? big hair. This hair. Like oh, Erg. Erg, yeah. Erg. That's the only, those are the only Morlocks I know. Oh, really? Period? Yeah. Oh, and Mask. But in, in this episode, so you've got um, you've got Callisto, you've got Caliban, you've got Berserker, you've got Scaleface, and you've got Cybele. And then there were a few that were originals. The little girl's name is apparently Torpid. There's another one named Facade. Lucid. Yeah, so there were a couple of original ones. Like one, two, three are originals. Yeah, so they got Spike, and they brought him into the sewers. But Storm had quite the guess that Power 8 had something to do with Evan's powers going haywire right there. But Beast and Xavier are running their science tests, and they determined that... Science tests! (laughs) Yeah, they're running their science tests. 
and they determined that uh, Power 8 is harmful to mutants. But this didn't start his problems because he no. couldn't control his powers before. Correct. So I'm wondering why. So I think it was honestly just his, his anxiety mutation developing. That's what I think. Oh, he's like Marrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was developing over time. It wasn't just immediately, whoop, you look, you know, like a stegosaurus. It was more just like, you know, this is this is how your mutation God, is. God, I still want to cosplay Marrow. You should. I absolutely. love her. Yeah, do it. I really like I know everybody fucking hates it. That cute princess look that she had when she was really, really cute for oh, yeah. a few issues. Yeah. Uh, and she had like manipulated her horns on her forehead to look like a crown, and she had a cute little like bob cut or something. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I love her. And then it didn't stay around, and everybody hates it. And I'm like, but why? Let her be happy. <laughs> yeah, let her be happy for a little bit. Yeah. So, so in uh, in in Morlock Town, he, he, Spike overhears Caliban talking to the other Morlocks that that Evan doesn't belong with them because the X-Men are going to come looking for him. And the lizard guy who is, his name is Lucid, he thinks that Spike could help them trash the power rate facility. You know, and, and yeah, this is when Callisto explains that the world isn't so accepting to mutants who who look like us. And I was like, bitch, yeah, you're sexy. mutants who look like what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the power rate facility dumps its waste right into the Morlocks' home. And, and it's poisonous to them. So Evan does want to help, and I think that's awesome of Evan. Um, but anyway, Caliban senses Berserker, he's like, and and uh, Callisto comes out, and she's like, I can see in the dark, Ray. You can't sneak up on us. And I thought that was funny. But how does she know him? Am I forgetting something? Uh, yeah, do you remember when the, the, the mansion blew up? Oh, right, right, right. And, and Berserker went... led some of them into the tunnel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so that was interesting. But yeah, so the Morlocks break in and uh, paralyze the guards. Evan takes out the cameras and uh, they bust up the fucking power rate facility. It was it was dope. They're dumping this goop into the vats. And then, so this was a neat little nod too. So this was another, like I said before, of the established Morlocks who were in this episode. Scaleface uh, shows up when Berserker is paralyzed and Berserker calls her Scaleface and she chases him out of the tunnels. Little known fact that Berserker and Scaleface were were an X Factor way back in the day. They were dating. They both got killed in Aww. like the same issue. Yeah, I think the cops killed Scaleface, and then Cy- surprise, and then Cyclops killed the Berserker. Rude. Yeah, because well, he he took. He, I don't remember. I don't think he meant to kill Berserker. At least. But so Berserker seemed like he was going to kill the cops for the cops killing Scaleface. And then Cyclops took Berserker out. Uh, Cyclops knocked Berserker into the water. And of course, you know, Berserker is electricity and... Uh Whoopsie. Find the Morlocks and Spike dumping this stuff into the vats. And then they go to tase the girl. Uh, But they inadvertently blow some fuse boxes and the vats start toppling over. And all this power rate spills out and the Morlocks are trying to run away. Uh, they run through the tunnels. They hit a dead end. But Spike manages to save them. He uses the spikes like a ladder. They all climb up. And then Storm, Storm and the X-Men show up. They find him. And uh, Storm rains really hard. So all the power rate in the sewers is diluted. And uh, and and Spike escapes with, with the Morlocks. So cut to Guy Spear apologizing to Xavier. I didn't know it was harmful to mutants. And... Guy, once Xavier leaves, Guy is like, power rate just became a lot more valuable. So 
fuck this guy. Fuck business, capitalist, man, bad guy. Yep. Capitalism is bad. <laughs> yeah. This is show's anti-capitalism agenda. Yeah, but so all the X-Men are looking for Spike down in the tunnels because they, they want to know what's going on, want to know where he's been. He just disappeared with these people. And, of course, Storm is the one who finds him. And, you know, he wants to stay with his new friends. He thinks he belongs there. His spikes are, are permanent now. You know, it's they're not, like, enormous, but they're they're still on his body, on his face, on his back, on his arms, on his hands. He wants to stay with his new friends. And I thought that was really interesting development for Spike. I really did. So this episode started off with, like, this human kid trying to take advantage of Spike being a mutant just to take care of some bullies for him and help. And that was a really fucked up way of going about it. But then you have these Morlocks who are really just looking out for each other, trying to help each other. They are the opposite end of where the X-Men are living in this. Like, yeah, okay, so they're still... Like, the world does, the world still hates and fears them, but they're also living in a fucking mansion, you know? And look at them. Scott is sexy. Gene is sexy. Rogue, Kitty, they're all sexy, you know? But aside from Callisto, all the Morlocks have very, very visible mutations, and now Spike does too. And, and he's right that, you know, I mean, any one of these other kids could pass as human, um, yeah, the whole issue with passing. That's what we were that's what we were seeing with this show the entire time. Right before the end of season two, when they were all outed, they all passed. Even Kurt with his inducer, and he likes his inducer, they all pass. None of the Morlocks do pass. They all have physical mutations. And Evan thinks he belongs with them and wants to help them. And I think that's that's some amazing development for Spike, honestly. I don't know. That's I I like that. Yeah, we finally had a, you know, a good Spike story and uh, Xavier, like, apologizing to this guy guy (laughs) (laughs) saying, like, oh, well, you know, you know, you might not have known about it, but, you know, these these mutants, they, you know, they don't want to talk. They're not interested in talking it out and saying, you know, this is harmful to my people and stop selling it or whatever. Oh, They just want to attack your facility and break everything. Well, he said... Those th- are the bad mutants. <laughs> he didn't say that. He was like, um... They're they- misunderstood. Yeah, he said that they, they learned not to trust people. Yeah, yeah those poor guys. Trust. Yeah. I think, I think a conversation between Xavier and Callisto or, you know, just Xavier and any of the Morlocks in general would have been an interesting thing to see. Um, it didn't happen this episode. I don't think it does, but I think that would have been really interesting. Kind of like happened in the comics, you know? You're more than welcome to stay, you know, at our place, even though ultimately the Morlocks, you know, deny him. But like you said, this was great Spike story. I think it really was. I mean, the the episodes that he had in season one were okay, but with, like, caveats, you know? Like, his very first episode, it was interesting to see him, like, angry and trying to live this normal life, um, you know, and be just mad at his mutation and want to deny it. But at the same time, he was a stereotypical black kid playing basketball, you know? And then in Spike Cam, you know, ultimately the resolution was more about him learning about this found family that he had. Now, you know, every once in a while, we don't get along, but ultimately we're family. But at the same time, Spike was creeping on 
his family with his fucking camera, with his hidden camera. You know what I mean? Like, so so those stories were, were okay, but they had, like, these kind of shitty caveats to them. And then we had the Storm episode and the Beast episode where Evan's contribution was really too little and inconsequential to the overall story. So now, finally, we get a good Spike story. Finally. But he leaves the X-Men. <laughs> he leaves the X-Men and goes with the Morlocks. And I'm not going to... He'll sp- start his own X-Men. I'm... N- yeah. His own X-Men spinoff. We have... <laughs> Morlocks Evolution. <laughs> we have we have our own X-Men at home. <laughs> we don't have to go out to get X-Men. We have our own X-Men at home. Now, okay. I don't want to spoil much, but... but Okay, well, but I, you're going to. I want you to guess. Do you think the Morlocks show up a lot more in X Men Evolution or a little more in X Men Evolution? No, I mean I was thinking about that too. It's yeah. like, well, how often are they going to be contributing? Because I love the Morlocks, I want to see more of them, but I doubt it because they rarely do in the X Men either. In the like the comics. Now I don't want. I, I honestly I can't say for sure. The answer is not a lot. I don't remember though how much more they show up. I know they do again. So we will see them again. They're not a major component of this show, of the rest of the show going forward, unfortunately. And that sucks because, again, great Spike story, but he ends up leaving. So I guess that's really the only, <laughs> that's really the only complaint, but it's kind, of a, it's kind of a major one. I feel like it was interesting them setting up the Morlocks sort of previously to this, but now we got a lot more focus on the Morlocks and what's going on with them. Like this episode really illustrated the hardships that the Morlocks face as people. You know, it wasn't just Caliban we saw this time. There was a bunch of them. And this was a very real threat to their existence. And Spike started to experience their hardships, felt for them, and decided these are the mutants that I want to stay with. And I love that. But it was funny at the very end, you know, um, Logan <laughs> Logan told Professor X that he was gonna get he was gonna get him back for the whole sitting shotgun with Kitty driving. And so at the very end of this episode, when Xavier gets into the car leaving Power Eight, it's Kitty in the driver's seat with the chauffeur hat on. And Xavier just has this terrified look on his face. That was very funny. I enjoyed yeah. that. Oh, I don't think we mentioned it. The best one was when Scott and Jean were walking together in the hallway and, and they're walking together and they hear Kitty saying, Scott, Jean, where are you guys? And she's like, sorry, Scott, better you than me. And she just like telekinetically shoves him into the room and runs away. (laughs) She's like, oh, hi, Scott. That was hilarious. That was, again, it was, it was like a almost pointless subplot, just like the muffins. But this really, for me, it landed. It was really funny. And it ended up working because uh xavier was talking to guy spear at the end and how is he gonna leave like who's who's driving xavier well kitty is so so it was it was very funny i went on uh enough about how i thought this this episode was and about how how spike's story was in, in in this what did you think i mean i agree with a lot of what you were saying i'm looking forward to seeing if there is a continuation of this power eight stuff i assume that there will be mm. Um, and it's not just like a lost plot point yeah. because I feel like it could be interesting to come back to. Uh, and it was like open-ended. I mean, I feel like I understand why Spike wanted to join the Morlocks, but you know, I feel like he also could have stayed at the Institute and kind of like learned how to control his powers better if that's what he wanted to do. 
and just not go to school and maybe just be homeschooled because I doubt he'll be getting an education being with the Morlocks anyway. Mm. Not saying that they're not educated, but they probably have less resources to provide him with that thing. And when you're living in the sewers Mm. and, you know, just trying to exist and find food and everything and find somewhere to sleep that's not wet, you know, like. That's true. There's not as much time to put into something like that whereas you know xavier doesn't have a fucking job (laughs) wolverine doesn't have a job storm doesn't have a job that we know of so you know i mean they have like all the time in the world but you know obviously that's not as dramatic (laughs) (laughs) they're all just leeching off of xavier this rich guy yeah yeah fuck him yeah yeah, again, though, I think with that, that that's why it would have been more interesting to see Xavier or any of the X-Men have some dialogue with Callisto or any of the Morlocks to kind of hash these things out. It doesn't have to be exactly the same as in the comics, because in the comics, they weren't all teenagers going to high school. And I think that would have made this more interesting about about resources, about sharing resources or whatever. And of course, you know, the Morlocks would have likely said, no, we can take care of our own. And and that's what Spike is going to do. You know, he's done. he doesn't you know necessarily want that education he wants to be able to help these people all right so that'll do it for this episode of mutant musings evolution thanks for joining us and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com leave us ratings and reviews on itunes or anywhere else you find our podcast follow us on instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on twitter at mutant musings join us for episode 15 in two weeks when we discuss the toad the witch and the wardrobe self-possessed and under lock and key. And until then, Spike was right. Finally.